welcome to the Relationship Unconscious podcast series. I'm Dr. James Tobin, a licensed psychologist and psychotherapist. My clinical practice is based in Newport Beach, California, and I work with individuals, couples, and families primarily on their relationship issues. I also conduct psychotherapy groups and interactive educational workshops on romantic relationship issues and parenting concerns. In this podcast series, Relationship Unconscious, I focus on how the mind's unconscious influences the way we think, feel, and behave in our relationships. Although we probably like to think our conscious intentions and desires determine how our relationships play out, Unfortunately, that's not really the case. Freud established the significance of the mind's unconscious in determining many aspects of our intrapsychic and interpersonal lives. And since the time of his contributions, our knowledge base has evolved considerably. Drawing from all I've learned from my patients in 17 years of clinical practice, It's my hope that this podcast series will capture just how the unconscious impacts our relationships and perhaps even more importantly, will help listeners navigate the mind's tendencies, especially those tendencies that hinder the attainment of healthy, fulfilling relationships. If you'd like to learn more about my psychotherapy practice, group and workshop offerings, and other services I provide, please visit my website at www.jamestobinphd.com. That's www.jamestobinphd.com or email me at jt at jamestobinphd.com. In the 1986 film, Nine and a Half Weeks, directed by Adrian Lin, Mickey Rourke plays John, an investment banker on Wall Street, who falls into a highly erotically charged relationship with Elizabeth, a beautiful art gallery executive, played by Kim Basinger. The film is a disturbing depiction of how powerful unconscious forces are in romantic relationships and how destructive they may be. The characters' intense sexual attraction toward each other initiates a passionate yet fiery and highly abusive tryst that devolves quickly. The film depicts what psychoanalysts would characterize as a sadomasochistic relationship in which both partners are unconsciously caught up in a dynamic that centers on seduction, possessiveness, insecurity, fear, narcissism, and codependency. Essentially, the two characters, for very different reasons, cannot love or be loved and cannot tolerate intimacy or mutuality, the hallmark components of healthy and long-lasting relationships. As the film unfolds, John's character becomes progressively unmasked, both to the audience and to Elizabeth. 
His emotional and psychological approach to Elizabeth consists mainly of objectifying and debasing her so that she cannot hurt him. He manifests what is called a narcissistic character structure. It is organized to, to defend against seeing others as significant and then desiring something from them. Need and desire from someone who is loved and desirable is intolerable, largely because early in life, what had been so damaging was when the dependent, needy infant or young child reached out for an idealized caregiver who did not respond or who responded in unconscionable ways, leaving the child abandoned and adrift. But in this podcast, I want to focus more on Kim Basinger's character, Elizabeth, rather than John, the character played by Mickey Rourke. And what I want to suggest is that Basinger's character and the film as a whole reveal a psychological problem we are all endowed with, what I call an unconscious relational template. Elizabeth's unconscious relational template is what initially attracted her to John, drew her into the relationship, imprisoned her in its abusive and frightening dynamics, and made it almost impossible for her to escape the prison the relationship had become. This implies that each of us has an unconscious relational template that determines who we love, why we love them, and how they love us. And very little about this template is in our own conscious control. Very little is of our own choosing or even our own preference. For Elizabeth, her unconscious relational template consists of a tendency to attract and be attracted to people with whom she can set up specific roles and dynamics in which she is objectified, dehumanized, and possessed by, narciss by narcissistic individuals who cannot tolerate their own vulnerability and dependency. Though it is not depicted in the film, Elizabeth's developmental history likely included similar dynamics in her relationships with her caregivers and significant others in her early development. A core element of these early relationships likely involved figures in her life who were not secure or content in their own right and who saw Elizabeth through a lens of desire in which what she represented psychologically was something, they, was something they could never actually feel or be. Elizabeth was imprinted with this pivotal, flawed characteristic of her early caregivers, and that became organized as a template or prototype for all future relationships in her life. Much like a mutation arising on a gene and across generations expressing itself in pathology, so too does one's early relational circumstances with all the idiosyncrasies involved in who bonded to the child and the nature of that bond create the precedent for a precise quality of dysfunction 
in later romantic bonds. Templating is a term I use with my clients to refer to the mind's unconscious drive to adhere to a relational mutation that originated early in one's life and is carried along unconsciously throughout one's life, duplicating its roles and dynamics again and again. The relational template seeks and guarantees compliance, converting all circumstances into a facsimile of the early relational prototype. The child's early relationship with one's primary caregivers is imprinted and maintained across time in two ways. First, early relational experience sets up an emotional equation in the child's mind for how relationships work, the roles that will be played, who will play them, how love is manifested, and the nature of the intimacy possible between partners in a relationship. Second, based on thousands of interactions between the caregiver and child, by around middle childhood or so, we now have scientific evidence indicating that the child's brain and nervous system, their neurobiology, has been shaped and organized around a particular relationship architecture. This is a neurobiological synthesis involving the brain and central nervous system, the endocrine system, neurotransmitters, even various elements of the physical body. The child literally is wired to adapt to and accommodate to the kind of relational bond that caregivers have established with the child. And so to have a different kind of a relationship with another person would be foreign. It would be like learning a new language because one's entire neuro neurobiology is wired to speak only one language. These two factors, the emotional equation for how relationships work and the neurobiological wiring of the brain and body that evolved in association with this emotional equation, set up the unconscious relational template. And once it is set up, its deterministic nature selects, edits, reconfigures, and binds all future experience to it. Now this may sound rather gloomy given that what I am saying is that we are primed and programmed to replay over and over again the flawed qualities of relational connection we initially experienced early in our lives. But there is a silver lining to the story. Just as genetic mutations can be treated and perhaps even altered, so too can the ongoing repetitive expression of unconscious relational templates be interrupted. Not to give too much away, but the film Nine and a Half Weeks does end with Elizabeth freeing herself from the, from the sadomasochistic relationship with John, and in so doing counteracting the unconscious relational template that had been influencing her so strongly for so long. 
In future podcasts, I will describe what it takes to disembed ourselves from the unconscious relational templates we each are saddled with and that often destine our relationships to conflict and failure. Thanks for listening to the Relationship Unconscious podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to react to something you've heard, I encourage you to email me at jt at jamestobinphd.com. Also, please add a rating and review the Relationship Unconscious podcast on iTunes. Thanks for being such a great support of this podcast. Tune in next time for more on how the unconscious influences our relationships.